Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. Today it is an honour to have such a prolific guest on the back of the bus with me. So let's dive in with Isaac Anderson. Yeah! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't worry, man. I put a really shitty little crowd noise under this. You're going to think there's hundreds of people back here. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so, welcome to the farm, brother. Hello. Thank you for having me. Have you been to many farms before? I've been to a few farms in my time. Yeah, yeah. what were you doing in farms? <sighs> just visiting, really. Just looking at, looking at animals. So, you know, what's this place all about, yeah. then? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a nice farm. Like petting farms? Yeah, yeah. What's your favourite animal to go down to pet to? Uh, probably like a goat or something <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's been a while to be honest it's been a while i grew up near a farm you know stonebridge city farm in yes Nottingham. man yeah so i grew up near there so i used to go there quite a lot oh that's nice um they actually they named a pig after me there no yeah no actually I've, li- I've literally just remembered i'm not making this up I've this should be a story about an hour in the podcast i know i know no, we're going we're going straight in we're diving straight in no they literally they named a pig they called a pig isaac and i've just remembered that now Do you know why what 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 memory did you give them to i, I think to i must have just left the last impression as a small child they, they just wanted to <laughs> maybe, I was a, there, maybe I was a bit chunky as a pig <laughs> yeah yeah I think um I think my mum was quite involved with the farm I think she did a lot of volunteering they yeah they named yeah they named a building after her they named a pig oh, after me a what after the a building after her wow. which is a little bit more respectful yeah yeah you know, a, bit, a bit more, <laughs> a bit more serious was it the toilets though no no, no. Uh, thankfully um yeah so she got a building I got a pig and my brother got a goat I believe my dad didn't get anything. I think so. goats are up there on my top of the pops for yeah. animals. My mum was a veterinary nurse for a very long time, like 20-odd years. Yeah. And when she moved out of her house in Ripley, she went to a flat in Ripley, mm. and it was literally above peacocks. Yeah. <laughs> and she had two goats living in there with her. Sick. It's amazing. Yeah. And the the story she tells, I've always... I've mean, never had a goat as a pet, but I've mm. really wanted them. So me and Chrissy are on a little bit. It's, this is underground knowledge. <laughs> but it's not anymore. Not it's going to be out on the podcast now, isn't To it? the thousands of people out there. <laughs> but we, we, our next venture is a goat, I think, because mm. we went to an Airbnb recently yeah. and took baby for our first holiday away. It was so nice. beautiful yeah, yeah. and went to this local farm and we honestly, we got lost in time with these goats. Mm. <laughs> we, it's best, the p- first part is when you're naming them all. Yeah. Like, what's that one there called? And then she goes like, oh, it's probably a, a Rebecca. And I'm like, that's amazing. That, mm, that really good, is a Rebecca. Good, good goat name, Looks that, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we spent hours doing that mm. and then just got lost in time. They're so. A bit of a handful of goats, though, aren't they? Like, they eat a lot, don't they? I like, think so. Weird and and like anything as well. And, yeah. yeah. Literally, <laughs> a whole shoe can go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably a bit of a mission taken on a goat, but best of luck to you if, it, if, if, that's, if that's what you end up and doing. And you, you've lived in the city for such a time. Mm. You were saying before the podcast, it is quite interesting when you turn up on a farm. Mm. Because I felt like the grass is always greener. You get people mm. come down here and they're like, oh my God, what a cool place. Yeah. But actually, sometimes when I go into town, because mm. I never really have the hustle and bustle and I'm around people, I actually always think, oh, I wish I had this a little bit more. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like everyone always wants the thing that they don't have. 100%. But then the thing is, if you make a permanent switch, so for example, me living in a city, if I was to move out here, it'd be great for a bit because it's a novelty, because it's new, mm. you know. But then after a while, I would probably miss 
I don't know, the convenience of a Tesco being, yeah, being yeah. nearby or whatever. I think it's just, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, Mate, our I, takeaways take at least an hour and a half. I can imagine, get, yeah. I can imagine they probably get really lost on the <laughs> way do. in as well, don't they? I'm at the cricket club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I think you just need a bit of variation in your life, really, mm. don't you? You need, you need to just explore different places and just get a bit of a different feel for living. Maybe not living in a different place, but just, I don't know. Just having a bit of variance and mm. not just, you know, if you live in a city, getting outside to the country a little bit, you know, I think vice versa. Two nice important. answers there. It's going and exploring and seeing variation mm. and other ways of living, yeah. but also respecting what you do have and finding the happiness in the isness of what yeah. you've got. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are days where I'm feeling a bit low mm. and I've just, I'm walking outside and I can't see all this wonderful greenery around yeah. me. And if you just look up a little bit and you go, oh, do you know what? This is lovely. I have yeah. got it here. Yeah. You take your, you take what you have for granted a mm. lot, don't you? I was finding that during the pandemic as well. Mm. You know, obviously it was objectively quite a hard year for, for everyone in some way, mm. you know, and for me, I think being just stuck inside was, was, was pretty hard. But then I realised, I was like, hold up, I, you know, I live in a house. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I yeah. have, I'm, and I'm fairly comfortable, mm. you know. You, you have to just remember what other people, you know, you, what to you might seem... I don't know, you, you say about taking stuff for granted, not being able to recognise stuff. To you, it might be like, oh, this, oh, I wish I had this or this or this. But someone else might, you know, kill to have mm. what, what you had that you're just taking for granted. Do you know and what? It's, just, it's easy to, you know, forget that sometimes, I, isn't it? I got that overwhelming feeling once. I had a, a car crash mm. and it was really, I was on the motorway. Oh, and I was going as an artist to my mm. support, my favourite artist of all time. He's called Polar Bear. Yeah. As a, he's a spoken word artist. And yeah. he just tells really good stories through his art. I mm. Absolutely love what he does. Yeah. And it was in Birmingham. Yeah. I was so excited to be going down. And I was in my little Yaris at the yeah. time. <laughs> and it was rush hour. Yeah. And I remember I was driving along and it was all sort of just normal flowing traffic. Mm. And my my phone was on shuffle. Yeah. And an artist called B. Dolan, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. No. And Sage Francis. So it's like rap, but yeah. very experimental rap. Mm. And one of his tracks came on and it was just like noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. Ah, honestly, <laughs> uh, this like robotic sound. Yeah. I think it's like more an intro to the EP that he'd done. Mm. So I looked down, I thought, I can't handle this. <laughs> this isn't right. Uh, but I felt a sense of something was going to happen in that moment. Honestly, I don't know. Right. I've got a spiritual nature to me. Mm. I have feelings of spirituality, but I've got loads of different sort of belief systems. Yeah. And I don't know if I preconceived something or pre knew something was going to happen, mm. but I felt weird in that moment. So I looked down, I went to change it, mm. but someone told me to look up. And as I looked up, a car just slammed its brakes on in front of me. Oh, and man. I so I slammed mine on and I went that way yeah. with the wheel, that way, that way, and that way. Yeah. And then it just flipped upside down really literally. So Gosh. then I was on the motorway yeah. on the first lane the car had sort of turned on itself, mm. and this is all completely true. I remember being upside down, looking out the window, and a car was coming at me. Like, I don't know how fast it was travelling, but it was motorway speed. Motorway speed, speed yeah. So God, I just clenched up mm. to die. <laughs> Basically, I was like, oh no, it's coming. 
and it just missed me. It didn't clip the car, but the wind, you know, it sort of spun me mm. round. I remember, like, it missed, must have missed me by... It probably was a foot, but it felt like a set millimetre. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I had been hit, and... I got out the window somehow, yeah. stood up, and I thought, I can't be alive. So yeah. I really thought That's that so was... so lucky, man. And I'd, I'd gone to heaven. Yeah. And there was loads of blokes stood around me. Yeah. And the, one of the guys come up and was like, don't worry, don't worry, but you're going to go into shock. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I am now, you, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, did you get to the gig afterwards? No, no I didn't. I didn't. Oh, damn. But I sat down, and honestly, I just couldn't work out what had happened. Mm. But it took me about... A week, maybe, to get back into my body and back into myself again. I'm not surprised, man. But then things, what we were just talking about, taking things for granted. Mm. After that sort of near-death experience, everything, a massive part of my psyche changed. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. Like, just tasting things mm. and looking at things and being around people and everything. It was, like, euphoric. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. For a long time. I mean, I'm not saying it, it's diminished slightly or, or I don't get the exact feeling as what I had for that afterglow. Mm. But it was so profound that I always try and reflect back to that when I'm in a mood or in that space. In, in a way, I'm slightly envious. Yeah. I, I feel <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I don't mean this to come out sort of weird or offensive or anything. No, not but at all, in, in a way, I kind of feel like... I, I need I need to go through something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's very easy, you, man. Yeah. Just, yeah, just just get on out on some motorway and just change the song while you're switching lanes or whatever. But no, I, yeah, I mean, coming that close to to death, mm. you know, it must really change your perception. I, you I know? listen and to um, you need a sometimes you just need a short sharp shock. I think there's a documentary on out. Netflix now about that, like mm. near death experiences and the commonality and the similar experiences people come from with it mm. is so profound. Yeah. So my sister, again, I'll not go down all my, my near-death experiences, but <laughs> she, she died on the, the operating table because right. she had a blood clot two years ago. Right. She was doing a marathon. Mm. And... We we never bonded very strongly, yeah. But because now we've both had that experience and we went to this other land or experienced this other feeling, mm. the way we connect now is so different. Yeah, I it's bet crazy. We, we've you've got a very rare thing in common. Mm. You? Honestly, <laughs> both it, very very nearly died. It was crazy how we that's we mad. explained it together. Yeah, but it does it gives um love for life after that. You're mm. just like I'm gonna really live this to its core. Yeah, but. I mean, meeting you today, you seem like somebody that's got a huge love for life. <laughs> you see, <laughs> I do, I do, I do my Maybe best. I met you on the good day. Yeah, but you seem very down to earth, very humble, and just a lovely fella. Oh, thank you, man. So, has it been a has it been a good ride your journey? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's had its ups and downs, like everyone's. It's a widespread um, question, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> how long have we got? I mean, let's go in <laughs> all day. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been up and down. It's you know, I feel like you you saying. I seem like I have a love for life or whatever. Mm. A lot of the time I don't, to be honest. I feel like I've just got quite good at hiding it, to mm. be honest. Mm. Um, it's this thing of, like, feeling sorry for yourself and realising you're feeling sorry for yourself when you maybe mm. don't, don't mm. need to be, you know. It's and a vicious I, trap, in it? Yeah, and I think that's always been my thing. I'm, I'm very quick to moan whether that's vocally or just in my head i'm very quick to be like oh for fuck's sake this isn't working in that way this isn't happening how i want it this is going wrong that whatever kicking off a little bit i think i was quite a stroppy child when mm, i was mm. when i was younger because obviously i wasn't emotionally <laughs> mature enough to 
always restrained that side of me. I was always kind of, I don't know, having a tantrum or whatever. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I, I'm aware that I do that. Hmm. So I've also become aware to, you know, I've, I've, I've developed ways of dealing with that. I mean, yes, the people closest to me, they might say, no, he hasn't. He's still, he's still a <laughs> stroppy fucker. <laughs> but I, I feel like it's been helpful to me to realize when that's happening and just be like, come on, just, you know, have your, have your minute of being like, you know, annoyed or kicking mm, off or whatever. Mm. But then just be like, you know, everything's fine. It's all good. You're very, you're very lucky. You've got this, you've got that. Mm you know what um, made you want to change that about yourself why did you have that revelation where you noticed it more often i wouldn't say it was a revelation it wasn't <laughs> like a moment where i realized i think it's just a, a gradual <laughs> a, a, yeah it was a gradual kind of adaption really mm. um and i think it's just it's it's not a great personality trait really mm. is it mm. you know you, you don't really command people's love and attention and respect by just complaining all the time do you did you notice your reality warped in that fashion as well when you were putting out say negativity <clears throat> into the air was it returning back onto you yeah yeah and i still you know i i'm by no means saying i'm perfect now i mm. think i still get moments where i will have a little bit of a wobble about something that doesn't need to be mm. you know treated in that kind of way but yeah, man, I think, I, yeah, as I got older, you know, you get more emotionally mature, don't you? You kind of, as you, as you get older, you sort of suss things out a bit better. Yeah, you you yeah. sort of respond to situations a bit better. And I think I just started to realise that it's it's not productive being like that either. Like, for one, it's not a great thing to have about you for the sake of other people in your life. It doesn't mm. make you a very easy person to get on with. But also, it's not very productive for yourself. You know, you don't better yourself, especially being a musician, you know. Mm. Being a musician is constant failure, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's constant, constant mistakes. Amen, brother. I'm with you. <laughs> getting stuff wrong, being told no, getting rejected. Mm. It's, a, it's a constant... It's not a battle, because I don't want to make it sound like, oh, woe is me, it's so hard. It's mm. not. But it is a constant kind of... Um, What's a better word for battle? Um, a struggle? It, not even a struggle. It's just a series of getting things wrong. Mm, it's a series of making mm. mistakes, bettering yourself and learning from them. Because it is so, you know, cutthroat being a musician, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're up against so many other people all doing the same thing. You know, it's a crowded place. There's a lot of people writing songs, a lot of people playing songs, especially nowadays where anyone can just record a song at home and mm. just put it on Spotify or whatever, you know. It's tough. And... You know, you are constantly getting things wrong. You're constantly mm. learning. You never perfect it, do you? You know, whether yeah, yeah. that's writing, playing, uh, touring, uh, recording, whatever <laughs> arm of, of music you're you're sort of doing, you never you never best it. There's never a minute where you're like, right, I've completed that now, so I can just sit back and chill. Like you're always learning. Mm. So yeah, the process of learning to do all of those things and just to get better as a musician, it goes hand in hand with this thing of being like suck it up just get on with it do you know what i mean because yeah. otherwise you just you don't get better do you <laughs> and I, I really i think especially over the past few years you know when i got into my 20s mm. kind of uh, i wouldn't say i'm an adult even now <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> i still feel like a kid but like you know once i got past the sort of age of like i don't know 17 18 19 when i had to think about you know actually having a job and supporting myself and I knew that I couldn't ever do anything else other than music to, mm. to do that. So I mm. had to be like, right, I need to, you know, take this seriously and in turn take myself seriously and mm. and just try and just always be better, you know. That's, do, do that's you always feel, been my thing. 
do you know the pain though in your life or the sort of negativity that you were feeling mm. do you not feel that's helped channel your art so strongly because when people for me are talking from their painful places mm. i connect with that so deeply yeah and when you're in a are you quite a thinker like or an overthinker yeah massively when yeah. we're in that state of overthinking it seems to come out onto the paper so mm. strongly and then when i'm in a place of pure bliss and happiness I find hard to channel that into my art mm. because I'm not in a place of mind. I'm yeah. in a place of living in heart. Yeah. So I, I don't have great art to come out with so much from that. Yeah. That's just my example of it and my feelings. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel you write stronger through them negative <sighs> I, moments? I, I don't know because the negative moments that I'm talking about now, it's less, you say, like pain, you know, mm. like struggle. Yeah. For, for me, it's not that. It's yeah. It's just complaining complaining <laughs> you know, it's, it's really what, trivial what would a normal complaint be what would you i, I don't know I, like trying to for example like uh, like recording some vocals or something yeah, yeah. and and being like oh fucking hell can't sing this yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't get it sounding how i want it or doing like a mix and being like no nah, it just doesn't sound right mm. you know so yeah so I, I don't know if i can draw good songs from mm -hmm. from that because that is just that's a flaw of my personality yeah, I get, that i yeah. just have to get through and and battle um but what you're talking about you know going through actual kind of more severe mm. uh, you know life life moments that, that can be quite difficult yeah I, I think of course i think everyone draws from from those to write songs and mm. make music um for me sometimes it comes a little bit later i can't I don't think I've ever had a time where I've been feeling upset or down or struggling with something and it's been that sort of film scene where I've sat down and, yeah. and channelled my negativity <laughs> into the page. It's been like, <laughs> for me, it'll just be like, I'll feel shit and, yeah, I, and, yeah. I will, and I will allow myself to just feel shit and upset or whatever. And then after I'm out the other side, mm. I can look back and be like, okay, so that was a that was a time. Mm. Let's Let's try and make sense of it retrospectively and then mm. hopefully next time... It will, it will help a little bit. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. I mean, the thing is, with those moments in your life where you let everything accumulate and it keeps building up and building up, mm. that can take you into that really dark, low place. Because yeah. first, it could be waking up in the morning and getting toothpaste down you. Mm. Like, I'm a fucking idiot. How about I let that happen? <laughs> then you walk out the door, stub your toe. Yeah. yeah and you, yeah. you build it up and build it up. But by the end of the day, you snap. Mm. Because it's just, you've built an identity of yourself that's just a mess up and an mm. idiot that can't achieve things yeah and it, it's just careful isn't it what you tell yourself yeah. and how you see them situations yeah absolutely like um yesterday i've started doing other people's podcasts for them like oh, filming them yeah and because it when it's mine i don't want to waste your time so if i did it wrong <laughs> i'd be really upset because i wouldn't want to <laughs> me mess you about but particularly somebody else's where there's two people relying on me to go right mm. i put a lot of of energy into that and i want it to be perfect yeah and um these dummy batteries that are in the cameras at the minute mm. the guy whose podcast it was he's bloody really animated mm. and i know it, he knocked it out at one stage oh, it was really? the last 10 minutes <laughs> yeah so one of the files on there was corrupt oh no and i got home and i saw it on the sd card and i knew what had happened and i thought that's not retrievable yeah and again it's a really annoying situation mm. that past mikey would have started probably punching my head <laughs> like you idiot <laughs> punching the screen going mental at yeah but what that did for me it was really quite a small thing that can be resolved mm. talking honestly to him saying i've got two other camera positions we were going to be all good yeah but 
I didn't. I didn't crumble this time. Mm. I, re- I relaxed. I took a breath. I took a minute and said, right, how are you going to perceive this? It's not really your fault. Yeah. You can get through this. You're going to be cool. Get it done. And I did. And by doing that... I didn't make my daughter or Chrissy, my partner, I didn't Mm. make their day shit in the end. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what happens as you mature as a person. You realise how you're acting. What's really important is the exterior, the outside Mm. of the energy you bring into other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's how you're being and how you're acting now is conscious of that. Yeah, completely. I I think it's all about how you behave to other people and treat Mm. other people like Mm. you know i think i've really realized this over the past well ever since covid really not that i didn't realize it before but it's really hammered at home you know it's really the the pandemic you know i don't want to talk too much about Mm. it because it's so boring and Uh, it's at a point now where it's just like it's nearly done the what (laughs) let's let's just let's just shut up about it and just get on but i think it's it's worth mentioning that like i've you know for me covid it put everyone in, in this well not everyone in the same situation but most people just you know yeah. everyone was struggling with something in some kind of way mm. everyone lost something in some way you mm. know whether that was you know god forbid a family member from yeah, covid itself yeah. or whether it was like a job or financial security or, or whatever you know everyone lost something so it really put everyone in the same boat yeah and so i think it really amplified the fact that you you really just have to watch how you treat people and, mm. and just try and be a good person to other people because you don't know what someone else is going through and obviously that sort of mindset existed it's always existed mm. you know but for me it was covid happening that really hammered that home and it, you know, apparent. You know, yeah it was really apparent and it was just like shit like you know you really just have to above everything else just be try and be a good person try mm. and make people happy don't upset people don't piss people off you know obviously you've got to do what you can to get on in life and you have to look after yourself to an extent mm. but you do really have to just be a good person really yeah, don't yeah. you you know that's what you're going to be remembered for at the end of the day like you could be for example you know as a musician you could sell loads of albums or you know do a huge tour or mm. whatever and in that moment be really killing it but if you're a dickhead you know yeah, once yeah. you're gone like that other stuff ain't gonna matter is it yeah you know it's, it's the impression you left on your family and on your mates and you know just other people in the world that's all that's gonna matter really when it's all, all kind of done if the it? pursuit in music just becomes to be seen mm. or to be get a certain amount of views or get loads of money mm. it's not long until it starts feeling contrived and it starts feeling fake to you yeah and i think a part of that entered my nature at one stage when I started seeing like the views going up and up and up. Cause the first videos I did was from raw place of losing a friend and yeah. being in a shitey place that I couldn't get out of. Mm. And it was all really true. Yeah. And as I healed and it was cathartic through that experience, then I was like, what do I write about now? I've yeah. got to keep making content because yeah. I bring a poem out every Tuesday. Yeah. And as it was coming out, they were getting up to like, in back in day when Facebook was good, mm, yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah. fifteen to twenty thousand. When and people actually saw what you, what yeah, you, what that, you and you got yeah. loads and hundreds of comments, and yeah. it, it was building up like that. And as I was hitting those, mm. I was running out a little bit of things to say, and there was a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, so I was like, just great, just great, just make, just make. Yeah, and it it became very false mm. because I'd also lost my mission statement or my vision. Yeah, and what it was really from the 
start and I worked it again out recently, mm. it was lighting up paths. Yeah. That's what I want to do for people. Yeah. I want to create art because it really feels like a big passion of mine, mm. but I want to help people through it. Yeah. I want them to listen to it and go, oh, that's something I needed in that moment. Yeah. And I wasn't creating that sort of art because I was looking at the falsities. Yeah. Yeah. You got sidetracks. Yeah. And I it, think everyone does. It was they? listening to or filming that podcast the other day. He had a guy on from America mm. who was very spiritual and how they were talking but i remembered listening in and they both kept realigning with their mission statements one yeah. of them was to help people not feel as shit as i felt mm. and the other was to bring joy to people yeah and as i listened to that i was like fuck mikey like <laughs> you forgot your mission statement yeah yeah it is easy to do that sometimes because I, I, I was teaching <clears throat> at a lot of schools so i was going up on giving assemblies yeah and talking my story but if you forget why you're there and you're just talking at people yeah and you know your story so have you i don't know if you've ever played a song in music where your energy might not have been there or you've not felt like performing that day mm. so you're just existing yeah it totally can sniff it out by a mile can't they yeah. the audience knows what's going on well you've got to think why people listen to music in the first place like well, why do people like you know even music creators listen to music like you, you do it for an emotional release you do it for escapism you do mm. it to feel like you're connecting with someone who understands what you're going through you know we wouldn't want our favorite artists to be kind of doing it for selling you short yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, doing it for kind of superficial reasons mm. do you know what i mean so being being a music sort of someone that writes music and creates music you don't want to do that either and and, and i think i'm i'm the same as you like I get periods where I, I lose myself a little bit, mm. you know, where it is really easy to get caught up in the, in the streams and the numbers and, yeah. and, and social media and all that kind of stuff, you know. And it's really easy to let your ego run away with you mm. sometimes and think, wow, I'm killing this. Like, people are loving what I'm doing. This is, this yeah, is great. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm amazing, whatever. <laughs> you know, I never, I never let myself get to that point because yeah. I think you're a bit fucked if you start oh mate i think we we spoke about this earlier didn't we like you know once you're at that point it's kind of hard to bring yourself back it's it's a vicious circle for both parties because when the audience lose care in what you're doing and bother Mm. then again you start feeling that and it works onto you and then you don't want to perform anymore and it takes that passion away from why you first started and why you loved it so you do you just have to keep checking in and if you've lost the love for it it might be an element of it. It might yeah. be another element of you just need a moment away from it because all you've been doing is ramming music and music and music. Yeah. And have you seen the film uh, Soul? Have you yes, watched- I oh, have. Yeah. yeah, it's great, isn't it? Woo! Really Boy, good. I'm getting the tattoo soon, but because of my yeah. operation, I had it all booked in, mm. and now I'm on bloody blood thinners because oh. of my sister's blood clot. Yeah, so I can't have my tattoo yet, but I'm getting a big salt just to again remind Sick. myself. I've got a big Disney arm here. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I've got a Rafiki, Baloo, oh, Coco, but I'm a sucker for a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great film, <laughs> as though, you isn't can it? tell. But yeah. that that idea of I'm more than my art. I'm more than what I do. Yeah. I, I, I'm everything in that day. Yeah. I'm being with my family. I'm being doing a passion. I'm out with my mates playing football, whatever it is. Mm. I think that was a big lesson for me. It'd yeah. be a good one for artists to, to Absolutely, think about. absolutely. Yeah, I, I have it sometimes where I feel like I'm completely defined by what I do yeah. as, as a musician. And that's great because that is very much a big part of who I am. But then when that gets taken away from you, it's mm. like, well, what's left? Like, mm. again, sorry to bring it up, but COVID. Mate, like, I totally. When, when we time. when we when we couldn't gig, for, for me that was such a huge part. It wasn't just like my job. 
like uh, on a sort of practical level but also a, a huge part of who I was as a person so once that had gone I had to sort of like you know I had to rebuild myself a little bit you know like kind of figure out who am I without gigs mm. you know and and it also gets to the point sometimes where I get a bit nervous when I talk to people because it's like once I'm, you know, not to say that all I do is talk about myself and then leave, but like, you know, <laughs> once the conversation shifts away from it being about music or whatever, like, I don't, what do I have to offer people that isn't just, you know, to do with music or being a musician? Well, you've done I, all right so I, far. Well, mate. thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Smashing this one. Thank you. I wasn't, I wasn't just trying to fish for British <laughs> yeah. there. But yeah, it is. I do really feel sometimes like it is, it is a defining thing about my personality and I, and I just think like you mm. know in a way that's really good because it's embracing who you are and what you love doing what you're passionate about but mm. <clears throat> at the same time it's kind of like you don't want to rely too much on that because if it goes mm. then then who are you completely <laughs> you know? i've seen it in a lot of people yeah. like my family for example my dad was a, a semi-pro footballer oh sick i loved his well it's just football to the bones mm. <laughs> and just seeing him have to transition out of football eventually and unfortunately for sportsmen it's even sooner than musicians a lot yeah, of the time because yeah. your body's only got so much life about it yeah and I think it really did hit him. He's a, he's a very zen man anyway. Mm. He's, he's an awesome character. Yeah. But as a son, you know him better than other people, don't you? Mm. You sort of get when he's in a space. Yeah. And knowing he couldn't play football anymore, I, I saw it start to deteriorate his character mm. a little bit, slightly. Yeah. But then he went back to veterans eventually. We had a guy, come and do the plumbing. Yeah. He's like, come on, Dave, I'm working. I'm at Hina Tan now. Yeah. You can come in. And I, I managed to go back and watch him play for Hina a bit. And it, yeah. was, it was really nice to see him back in his thirst of things. Yeah. But also, I think he had that discovery and that learning about him. Mm. And he did. He, he ended up picking the guitar and he's amazing at guitar now. Oh, sick. And it was lovely. I remember one time I come back from being in t Ripley for a mm. night out. Yeah. Hammered. <laughs> and I got back and I'll never forget this. I walked into the kitchen mm. and it was all dark. I turned the light on and he was asleep with a guitar on him just on the <laughs> table I don't, with a bottle of wine. What a legend. I, I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? Dad, dad. Dad, dad. That's incredible. Twang. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and and seeing him again developing his life and picking up guitar, really being immersed in family life and mm. doing farm and stuff like that. It, it was really nice to see, and I think I've learned a lot from him. Yeah, how he's been because. I've definitely been attached to what I do a lot of the time. Yeah. I, I, it's because I did have a lack of love in my life when I was younger. Mm. And I always wanted validation. Yeah. I was desperately seeking people to love me in honesty. Yeah. Which sounds sad, but I was really bullied at school. Right. So when I started getting appreciated for something I was good at, yeah. like music or art or boxing or whatever it was, and people were buying tickets to come see me, yeah. it was a huge thing, massively fed my... It was a part of my soul that was missing. Mm. But then, yeah, like you say, the ego side comes to be. Yeah. And you go, this is what I am. So I'll be at a party and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm a poet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then it just becomes who you are. Mm. And, and that's, then that's it, like in one sentence. And when you're stuck to it, like you say, as soon as you don't feel it anymore mm. and you've given yourself that identity, you feel you have to stick like glue to it. Yeah. And it, it's a hard shift to make. Yeah. but. As I've adapted and got a baby and my life sort of in a different motion and the buses and stuff, mm. when I started spinning all these different plates, 
it's fed back to my art. I actually yeah. love poetry again. People have, since my knee, uh, just sent me, like, beats over. They're like, yeah. oh, I can't see you at the minute, mate, and I'm, you're really busy. I know you've had an operation now, so do you want to write to this bit of music? Mm. And what a lovely friend to do that. Yeah. But it's really got me writing again in a way that I was writing when I first began. Oh, that's good. It's awesome. Yeah. But that's because I've also got other elements of my life that I enjoy. Yeah. Whereas yeah. when it's stifled, it was when it was just that. Yeah, that's where it gets difficult, isn't it? When you're when you when you've got the blinkers on and it's mm. sort of tunnel vision and you're, and you're doing one thing you need i think like we were saying earlier about the farm versus the city kind of thing mm. you just need a bit of variance don't yeah. you to be able to inspire you into creating music again but what gone it's a good segue though what was the catalyst for you was it a very musical family background yeah massively massively so my dad's a musician okay um, so he is he's a producer he 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 writes and records music uh, mostly for tv has he been doing it all his life yeah then? yeah all his life he was in bands when he was younger um he had a brief stint of um sort of trying to put out a, a solo project uh, at one point when i was quite young um I mean, he, he probably wouldn't like me saying a brief stint. I think in, in his head, he's still going to do it at, at, at some point. Bless him. But no, he's he's really talented. Um, he's he's done music my whole life. Hit well, his whole life and my whole life. Uh, my mum's really musical as well. Like she she's not like a musician, but she loves music and mm. she loves singing and stuff. And she's very like musically aware. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so there was always like instruments in my house growing up. Nice. Like my parents got piano. There was guitars, um, and their friends were all really musical as well. So a lot of my memories from childhood were just kind of like having songs on in the house and just being sort of surrounded by music and, mm. and like going to see my dad perform at, at various things that wow. he was doing when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, I was just surrounded by music from a really young age. Um, started playing guitar when I was about eight, um, really because I started listening to music with guitar in it. And I, by that point, I was already kind of writing, not mm. like songs, but it was more like just sort of little stories and stuff nice, like as nice. a kid so what i would do is i'd take films that i'd, I'd watch like toy story or, or whatever good and shout. I, yeah exactly great film um and i'd kind of rewrite them i'd, I'd sort of be like okay so if i was going to write this story like this how would it be great. yeah so that was kind of my first sort of exploration into writing i guess amazing um and by that point, I was already singing as well. Like, I, I was always wanted to be the centre of attention at, like, school plays mm. and stuff. Always kind of, oh, pick me to, to sing the lead part or, or whatever, you know. I always really enjoyed singing. Um, so, yeah, learning the guitar just felt like the sort of final piece of the puzzle. It was like, I was into... Busted with the first band I was really into. Do you remember Busted? Of course I do, yeah, mate. Yeah. Of course you do. Uh, my sister was hot on Busted. Yeah, they were, they were sick. <laughs> Is it Still Charlie, do they? Yeah, Charlie, Charlie, James that, and Matt. Because then they did a Muck Busted, didn't they? They recently? did, they did. Wow. Yeah, I was into that as well. It was all it was all good. But yeah, that was the first band that I properly got into as, as right. a kid. And obviously it was a big thing that they all played guitar, you know. So I was like this is sick because you know they're they're really cool mm. and they're making these great songs and they're all playing guitar so i want to learn guitar they were great songs and, yeah <laughs> amazing songs you know thinking back now obviously it was kind of aimed at sort of a younger audience wasn't mm. it but even mm. so like year 3000 absolute was banger it, wasn't it was it busted? i was just gonna yeah i've been yeah. to the year great 3000 mm. oh mate yeah i'm in i'm in yeah you're selling me your story baby <laughs> yeah so i was really into them and i, and I remember talking to my dad and being like oh i, w- I want to be i want to be busted basically what do and and he was kind of like I, I guess he was in his 30s at that point and, and probably like sick of the music that i was listening to because it wasn't his kind of thing and he i remember him kind of be like you could easily play like they're not that good you know i could teach you you could play their songs easy i was like oh, really is, oh, it, wow. is it really that easy so he started teaching me 
Um, and he kind of got me into just learning my my first kind of couple of chords on the guitar, like being able to play an E chord and a D chord or <laughs> whatever. G chord over here. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and I remember go back to my house. <laughs> and, and 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 going going back to what we were saying earlier about sort of throwing a strop and complaining. I remember when I first started learning guitar. Do you play guitar? By, by a bit, yeah, yeah, I'm in my chords. Um, I'm left-handed, though. That's right. why I keep going that way with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, when you first start learning, it really hurts your fingers, doesn't it? Oh, like, mate. It kills your fingers. Well, that's what put me off guitar, mm. because... Uh, they bought me a really knackered old one yeah and it, the the strings were so far from the fretboard oh. it was like cutting cheese wire double so double pain i just yeah. fully gave up on it because of that yeah yeah ruined it for me mum and dad <laughs> damn but yeah anyway like, cheap. yeah I, I remember just just the pain of, of my yeah. fingers and just being like i don't want to do this it hurts too much mm. i'm not I'm, you know i can't play year 3000 there's been five minutes i'm i'm gonna and my dad was like no, no stick with it stick with it you know you'll and you, you get your calluses don't you on your yeah fingers, yeah when, you, when you're playing for a bit and they sort of harden up and it you kind of get used to it so yeah he started me off my dad's um and then i started getting lessons at school um and then i kind of i loved the idea of being in a band mm. from the point when i was about maybe around the same time i think again because because i busted because they were a band yeah, you know, yeah. three of them so I, I you know my mates at school i was like i'm playing guitar can you learn drums and like you learn bass so we can like start a band and then we kind of did that like i remember my mate at the time got like a drum kit and my other mate like got a bass and it was dreadful do you know what i mean like it, well not dreadful but you know <laughs> when you're when you're eight nine years old and you're and you're trying to do a band or whatever it's a good starting point you know everyone needs to start somewhere yeah don't they? yeah um but yeah and i think i've always loved the idea of just of performing you know performing with other people being on a stage playing the guitar singing it's something that ever since i was that age ever since i first listened to busted mm, went, went to mm. see him at the nottingham arena that was my first ever gig my sister's gonna love this podcast yeah <laughs> well man they were they were they were a cultural turning point i think mm, Busted. Mm. Were. but yeah ever since i kind of went through that phase of my life i was just like this is something i really really want to do this is just amazing and that was the only thing i ever wanted to do and so my whole sort of teenage years was just getting better at that you mm. know just figuring out like what kind of music I wanted to make, like what kind of songs I wanted to write, just getting better at the guitar. I was in, in and out of all sorts of bands all the way through secondary school, just playing with lots of different people, just, you know, just getting better, just learning myself. I, lo- I love your starting um, point and how you picked up that writing technique. Of, yeah. Like, telling a story. That's such a cool... Have you ever been into a school or anything and given a, a writing workshop? Oh, no, no, I could You'd never do so that. You'd be so good, though. That was a wicked idea oh, from the off. And thanks, man. That was your nine-year-old brain coming up with that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I guess it's something mm. I've always stuck with mm. because when I I was a teenager when I then got into writing actual songs as opposed to sort of adapting yeah. Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would then, I, you know, I would listen to, I don't know, like Fall Out Boy, Green Day, like the, the sort of bands that I'd be into as a teenager. And I would then sort of take their songs and like rewrite them a little bit. Mm. And at first it would be absolutely blatantly great obvious. idea. Yeah. Well, I think that's what a lot of songwriters do, but they're just not very vocal about it. Yeah, so at yeah. that point it was blatantly obvious that I just ripped off American Idiot and, mm. and just wrote my own version. But that taught me to really listen to the songs that I like and use them, not, not to copy them or rip them off, you know, mm. but just use them as like a, as a starting point and as inspiration. And I feel like that is something I'm quite good at as a songwriter. And I, I will be completely honest about this. Like I will listen to a song and I will try and write my own version of it. I won't like try and copy it that's, because, well, no, that's amazing. you know, I, I think when you copy songs, it's got to be done by accident, really like mm. Ed Sheeran, like he accidentally copies all these songs and then gets all these lawsuits. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I will, you know, that's how I always start with writing. I will, I will find a song I'm really into 
just listen to it and like analyze it listen to like the lyrics the message the sort of the vibe the genre mm. the chord progressions whatever mm. and then i'll kind of i'll pick it apart and reverse engineer it and be like That's i'm going to try and write my own version of this again like not copying but i'll probably I'll probably sound like i'm protesting too much like, yeah. not copying, yeah, yeah, not yeah, copying. Yeah. <laughs> but like you know i, I think it's it, yeah. you can't exactly copy it if you're going <clears> through your own experience and you're being authentic yeah. with what you've been through because I've had love in my life, you've had love in your life and mm. a lot of other people, but you're going to do best through doing your experience of what love is to you. Yeah, exactly. And, and listening to a song, and if it resonates with you and you feel something from it, you can go, oh, here's the gem of that. I yeah. see what he's trying to say. Let me adapt it. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's just finding the bits that you like and, and kind of figuring yeah. out why you like them I, and then figuring out how you can make your own version of that. I feel that's something that, yeah, like I say, from the very start, that's something I always kind of work towards, just like analysing something and figuring out why is it... I probably wasn't thinking that when I was nine, actually, <laughs> well, or, or eight or whatever, but... It's you know. where you've got to now. Yeah. I understood I've, it. Yeah, I've realised this, this whole time that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's, you know, listening or watching or reading something and being like, you know, why is this making me feel mm. the way that it's making me feel? And how can I make that happen for other people, mm. you know? Um, yeah, man. It's it's just it's a it's a it's a process, and yeah, like I was saying earlier, you never you never win at it. You never sort of get to the a point where you can say that you've done it. Mm. You, there's always stuff to learn. There's always new songs to write. You never write your best song. That's what they yeah, always say. Yeah, isn't it? Like yeah. you've always got your best song still to write. It's a good attitude to develop. Absolutely, man. Mm. Absolutely. I, I do that exercise. I get one of my missions in mm. life is to because I was told vehemently to stay away from writing. Really? I was kicked out of my schools. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a naughty little bugger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very. Well, were, were you naughty or did it just I didn't not work fit, for you? I didn't fit mainstream education, that's, and, that, and that's it. You know, you get told, "Oh, you're naughty, you're not yeah. academic or whatever." But like, I think schools is, is school is just a bit shit as a yeah. concept, really, I, I, isn't it? Well, I, I go into them now, and it, I'm with a company called ITL or Independent mm. Thinking, and they're basically the other fish going the other way. Yeah. So I'm very blessed to go in there because I hated school with a passion mm. because of what it did to me. And it's just it... it's just a very like one lane approach, isn't it? And Completely. it's like you, you either fit into it and you do well or you don't fit into yeah. it and you're kind of demonized yes. in, in a way or you're made out to be stupid. Have or, you uh, have you, you seen know. that picture of the um the animals at the tree and there's a fish, an elephant, yeah. a monkey Absolutely. and then they're asked to climb it. Yeah. That's pretty much how I feel towards school. Yeah, me too, man. And it, me it, too. It, it left me very confused mm. but i feel honored that i get to go into them now and help the people that are like us and like yeah. the younger uh be the person you needed when you were younger <clears throat> i yeah. get to be that person for some people that's really good man and uh, you're doing a lot of good oh thank that. you well it's because the only thing i left with was a certificate to tell me i was dyslexic <laughs> that was all, all, all i knew i was like brilliant I, what well, can i do with this at least you know yeah i can buy a bus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets <laughs> but i mean some of these exercises you're talking about now mm. that's what i go in with so i sort of trick people into writing especially the naughty lads mm. uh first exercise we do is called form poetry yeah so it's made by the beat poets in the 60s mm. And what they used to do is get, like, newspaper articles and magazines and comic books mm. and they cut out their favourite lines, so interesting one-liners, mm. and they'd jumble them all up, turn a fan on, yeah. throw them in the middle of the room, ah. and then they'd go and pick one line, Sick. put it down, and that was the first line of the poem. Ah. And then they'd pick and stick, yeah. pick and stick, and it'd just make a poem out of randomisation. Ah, okay. And kids 
love that, mm. except, especially when you have a paper fight. <laughs> yeah, it's got a bit of a kind of chaotic, yes. um, sort of anarchistic element to yeah. it, isn't it? Like, you know, defying order or, that, or whatever. I imagine that it. responds quite well with some kind of kids. When you go in and say we're writing a poem today or we're doing some lyrics, yeah, probably say, oh, it's just no. And boring. the first exercise <laughs> is a, a drawing one, mm. so I get them to draw their own faces, and that's yeah. taught, it basically, you do it eyes closed and you teach mistakes. Yeah. And that's a, a nice in segue. And then you go into that, which is about could last an hour. Yeah. So then, like, having fun with it, and like, I can do writing. Yeah. Writing's for everyone. Yeah. And then what you said then, uh, basically, would take their favourite song. I always try, choose Dry Your Eyes, mate. Yeah. Until he says, not just going to fucking just fucking leave it all yeah, night. Yeah, then he cut it. I'm like, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. This, this nice little bit about yeah. the man's heartache. <laughs> but we literally, line for line, mm. have to change what he said, but... We, ha- we can't have any words being the same. Mm. So, like, dry your eyes, mate. Every single word there has to be clean his. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You change that word. Re- rewriting the sentence. Rewrite the whole yeah. sentence, just not using his words. Yeah. And they absolutely love that. It's a really so good idea. It's just being playful with it. Yeah. And then getting them to understand writing is for everybody. And mm. it makes it accessible to tell your story. And if you're hurting in particular, it's such a beautiful tool. Mm. And it just seems to be dismissed because yeah. it feels a bit elitist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, um, I, I kind of went through a similar process at school myself. Like, luckily, I I fit into the academic journey just about well enough to, to be able to not like have any problems mm. like for me i, I got like fairly you lucky great. Get. i know what well, no i do feel quite lucky because i was very indifferent towards it all i wanted to do was make music and yeah. play music and, and i i couldn't be bothered to be in school learning about things that i knew i would never learn uh, mm. not learn but use in later life the do you capital know what I mean? of brazil yeah exactly <laughs> or, or you know um, and i i guess maybe there are some things i'm glad that i learned about in school that are sort of having an effect now without me realizing the queens and kings of the past probably not that yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean or maybe i don't know it's important yeah, I know to know history isn't it but mm. anyway yeah I, I mean i did all right but I, I, there was always this kind of like mm, you're gonna be a musician i especially like towards the end like when it got to sort of sixth form when everyone was getting ready to go to uni yes um I remember there being a real thing because I didn't go to uni. I, I was against it from, from day one, basically. Mm, I was like, mm. this is pointless. I could go and do music, but I would rather just... I was in a band at the time and we were doing pretty well. We were about to go on tour quite wow. well. So I was just like, I may as well just do that. Like, I'm going yeah, yeah. to progress into my career a lot better doing that. Mm. But anyway, yeah, it was like... There was a big thing and my parents had to come into school and have a meeting with, with the head of sixth form because she was like... Isaac's like one of two or three people in the whole of the sixth form who who hasn't done UCAS, who Hmm. isn't going to go to uni. And it was just this really weird thing. They just didn't, they, they didn't accept it. And like, you know... A lot of people... I don't know, probably no one from my sixth one's probably going to watch this. And, you know, in fairness... Most people I went to school with were really supportive and, mm. you know, really nice people. But there were a couple, like, in my year, like, kids who were kind of, I don't know, felt like they looked down on me a little bit. I get you. Yeah. Being like, oh, you're going to be in a band, are you? Oh, mm. you're, you're going to be a musician, are you? Well, I've just got accepted into fucking Cardiff Uni to, to do business, <laughs> so, which, you know, fair enough, fine, yeah, yeah, if that's what yeah. you want to do. But it's just, I don't know. It's this thing of, like, if you don't fit into that lane, mm. you're kind of, I don't know, you're regarded as, like, other 
and yeah weird I, I suppose and... they're fearful of that then because mm, yeah. you're being different and they may feel force fed into a direction they may not want to go down potentially yeah so yeah. They're, they're envious of that in some regard I don't know what they're doing now yeah, yeah. They, might, they might not be very happy or they could be absolutely loving life and Either fair way. enough to them do you know what I mean but... what was your mum and dad's reaction and feeling towards it did they feel like they had to pep talk you a little bit and say come on Isaac chill about uni yeah and stuff. <laughs> so my dad was always this is going to sound really unfair on my mum, but my, my mum's a, she's not a teacher anymore, but she was a teacher and she works uh, at, at university. Okay. So she works in education. Mm. So obviously, and I'm the oldest. So I, I was the first child to go through this process. And she was always a little bit, she's always been a hundred percent supportive of everything I've done. My mum, my but she was a little bit like, mm, are, you, are you sure? Kind of thing, mm. especially with a levels. So with a levels, initially I said, I don't want to do them. I'd rather get a job and work part-time and, and do music. And they put their foot down. They were like, no, you need to do your A-levels because, you know, you'll be, you'll be set for life. It's only two years. Uh, you'll, 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 have, you'll have qualifications for the whole of your life and you'll regret it if you don't do it. And I kind of conceded with that. Mm. <sighs> kind of... I, it's this thing, like... I probably learnt a lot at sixth form because I did music. Mm. I did music and music tech. So I, I learned to record and use logic and produce and stuff, mainly while I was in sixth form. So I am kind of glad I did it. But at the same time, I, I know that my actual A-levels, I'm never going to use for anything. So I, I still, and I say this to them now, like, <laughs> you know, it's all fine. I kind of say like, that was a good two years, wasn't it, mum and dad? You, you, glad, you, <laughs> glad you persuaded me to do that. But no, yeah. it's, it's all good. But yeah, with uni, like, I remember I did go and look around a few unis and um, they were obviously like, I think my parents, like, they're, they're great and they're, they're so supportive and I feel really, really, really lucky to have such a supportive family because mm. um, a lot of, you know, a lot of people aren't as lucky. You know, like we say, music, it's not regarded as, like, a proper career. You know, a lot of people tolerate it and then there comes a time they're like right when are you going to be an accountant do you know mm, what i mean yeah completely. my parents have always been fully supportive it, it's not been a completely clear-cut like they've been happy with everything that i've done but i can't in any good conscience say that they wouldn't they were never 100 percent supportive of, of mm. what i did they just wanted me to explore every option available yeah yeah you know and i think with uni they just wanted me to not rule it out before i'd looked at it you mm. know because i get really I get tunnel vision and I go, this is what I want to do and you're not going to change my mind. Mm. And they were just like, that's cool and we're, we're 100% going to support you with that. But before you decide for definite, you should just have a look at uni. Mm. Make sure it's, it's... Just be completely sure that you don't want to do it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that was really nice. And yeah, and I, I did. I went and looked around. I went to a few unis in London, looked at music courses and I, I was still adamant. I was like... yeah. I'm no. going to be paying, you're going to be paying nine grand a year to, <laughs> to, to send me here. You don't want to do that, do you? You don't want me to be in debt for the rest of my life. And I still like, I still stand by the fact that music, everyone's journey is different. Mm. But for me with music, getting out and doing it was so much more beneficial than doing a uni course or something, mm. you know? Mm. And I do feel like music uni, it's not a scam, mm. but I do feel like it, it's, it's kind of sold... Un, what's the word there's not a lot of truth in it yeah Do you know unconsciously what I mean? like lack Maybe, of understanding yeah. of it, people's journeys yeah I, I feel like people well for a start i don't really know how it is now because i'm 25 now yeah. so like it's been a while since i've gone through this process but now maybe there's a sense of oh i've got to go to uni because everyone else is yes, yeah. and then the music courses will sort of you know 
they'll take advantage of that and they'll be like oh so you know if you come to you know music uni you can you can meet this person meet that person mm. and maybe you'll get spotted maybe you'll get signed who knows this person that went here once got signed it could be you mm. do you know what I mean so people yeah, are like, yeah. great that has to be the path because if I tick yeah, this box yeah. tick that box yeah. I'll be rich and famous and, mm. and, and that's it job done and it doesn't work like that obviously mm. it's like I don't know I, I think if, I don't want to bad mouth BIM because I know a lot of people that have been to BIM and are really talented musicians and I think it's a great place but they do have this really big thing of being like oh you know James Bay went to BIM R- and, and was, and was BIM, signed BIM is? Uh, British Institute okay. Institute of Modern Music awesome, you know? okay. and I don't I don't want to be on here bashing anyone yeah, or yeah, slating yeah. anyone or whatever it's just not for me but I, I found perspective <laughs> I found when I was looking at going it was very much like, oh, you know, oh, we've had James Bay, we've had Sam Smith. I, I don't know if, I think James Bay was, was one of them. I don't know about Sam mm. Smith. But anyway, and it's the same with like lots of other music unis, like they'll name drop their ex-students. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it probably did help them, mm. but it wasn't, going to that uni wasn't the defining moment that, that, that made them the music. You go into their are. stories a little bit and it, actually they dropped out. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. It exactly. was the catalyst to actually realise, oh, I don't need this. Exactly. I want... <laughs> Not to say that's truth, I'm just saying yeah, it would be yeah. interesting if no, you I... actually found out their journeys. Yeah, I know what <laughs> you mean. And, and it's just like, I feel like young musicians are very are obviously very impressionable because yeah. there's no set path is you're there, desperate you know? aren't you you're, you're malleable and desperate yeah. to, to and, achieve and so. you're eager and you want to work yes, hard and yeah, you really yeah. want to graft and i think music unis and courses that you know music courses at unis they'll kind of be like it's it's certified that if you come here yeah you will you know this person did it so you will too and, and do like, you know many people that have been down that path and then come out of it very confused and lost i the only people i know who are my friends that have been to music unis and music colleges have dropped out really yeah it's, it is interesting because I do filmmaking and mm. the road I've been on has been very made up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I did no That's education. How it all is, isn't it? Yeah. I went traveling for a few years away, like mm. Australia, South Africa and places. Yeah. Came back eventually with a passion. Mm. And with that passion, it ended up building into, oh, I really like film because I can now make my own film of um, music videos and stuff yeah. for self and then I go down another path of oh I really like events so should I try putting my own events yeah. on and so on but with filmmaking in particular I'm, I've just got Final Court I knew mm. I, I really wanted it the yeah. people that I worked with had it so I thought I'm gonna do it and I spent endless endless nights on it yeah doing tutorials for literally five in the morning six in the morning yeah getting that one effect you wanted but then i'm getting people that went to university in filmmaking courses yeah going mikey you're pissing me off like or how do you end up getting loads of clients to work with like music and bands and i just saw you working in a shop the other day or whatever yeah well how how'd you get that because i've got this piece of paper to sell them <laughs> i can do it yeah piece of paper but, shouldn't mean that i should just but, get work flooding but, in straight away but you see like seem to be doing it and and what is that case and then yeah. you've got to say well you're probably amazing at what you do and you've learned techniques that probably superior to what i know at the moment but i also went off and learned how to network and meet people and be around yeah. and and <clears throat> promote for jobs and so on yeah so it's another avenue that things that uni can't teach yeah there's quite a few things in there yeah i feel like i don't want to get into this territory of just bashing you no, do you know no. what i mean because like for some people it will absolutely be the right thing and that's and that's fair enough but i think for me it 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 annoyed me at the time. Yeah. It doesn't annoy me anymore because I've let it go. But and like... We can only give our experience exactly. of what's worked in our world. Yeah. And that gave me my opinion. But, you know, my sister was the 
absolute opposite to me and mm. she has achieved in exactly what she wants to do yeah so there's just what we're trying to say i feel is there's infinite routes exactly to get to where you want to get to and, and you shouldn't be coerced into going down the education route just because everyone else your age might be doing it completely you know? that, that and i think that's for young artists and i presume some young artists will be watching this mm. and i think that is just a really fundamental integral part of information for them yeah because they can feel a lot lost out like when i I did so poorly in education I shut my pants mm. I was just like oh bollocks because I did end up working mm. in factories yeah. and on the farm and just in the, the worst sideways rain you can imagine mm. just hitting you and just digging holes And how, thinking, how much will that have done for your character building though? Oh massive amount Do you amount. know what I mean? So, I, so, so that in itself maybe yeah. that is a job that you wouldn't want to do forever. Yeah. But in terms of you as a person, mm. you know, it, it, it will have really strengthened who you are doing work like that. And that's know? it. But because I didn't do education further down the line mm. and I went and did that, in my head for a while, I'd concreted, this is your existence, get on mm. with it and suck it. Yeah. Deal with it. And until I re reached, and I don't want people to get this low, but suicidal, the precipice of killing myself mm. and the most chronic depression you could imagine mm. i had to fall to that to then get to fuck this yeah. it's either i'll kill myself doing drugs like psychedelics and stuff mm. or i'm gonna find something that's me and go away do you know what i mean yeah i don't think people need to fall that hard so in order to give people that little bit of knowledge is don't worry mm. <laughs> you're in a good spot if you've got a passion yeah there'll be a road for you yeah do you know what i mean absolutely and it's, it's not a, it's not a one-size-fits-all mm. approach is it and when uh I'll, I'll ask you this can you remember a moment then you didn't go to uni you didn't yeah. do that pursuit and a moment where you're on stage mm. and you're getting that feeling of i fucking told you i'd do it <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had that there's never been one moment it's more just been a, a gradual realization i mean i always knew that i was right i always knew yeah. that i'd made the right decision you know it felt felt inside of you yeah, yeah. and I, I didn't really ever feel like i had to prove it to anyone I'm, mm. i mean i think i maybe did for a while maybe like when i was 18 and everyone was at uni because that was the difficult thing i think everyone went to uni that was my age and obviously you see on social media everyone having absolutely amazing time like they're living off their student loans like mm. just get, going out getting drunk every night just living away from home for the first time all looks amazing and i was out on tour living in travel lodges mm. basically <laughs> having absolutely no money whatsoever yeah. because i was I, we weren't really the band i was in wasn't really earning money mm. skin eating sneaking a microwave into a travel lodge so we could have <laughs> tesco ready meals and not have to eat do you know what i mean yeah like, yeah i do really grafting not really living like the most exciting well it was exciting because we were playing yeah. music but do you know what i mean it, mm. there was a lot of hard work involved so that was quite hard so i did feel for, for a while like i had to be like i've made the right decision you need to see that this is going to end well you mm. know but i think for me it's just knowing i that i i think w when i got to a point where i realized I can support myself through being a musician. It's, mm. it's my full-time job. I've never had another job. Yeah. Like, is that when you're going into the shops and you're thinking, oh, I've not got to replace this pack of biscuits for this milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> I can get the two in the basket yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, it, when, it got, when it got to a point where I could, when I moved out of my parents' house and I could like live in a house and pay rent and pay my bills and stuff, I, I think just, yeah, and, and just, just being kind of, you know, just comfortable, yeah. really. Yeah. And And knowing that i that i got there through my through my own sort of graft and hard mm, work and stuff mm. 
that's rewarding. Yeah, massively re- rewarding. And like, I always want more. I always want the next thing. Yeah. It's always been like, oh yeah, I'm making a living out of being a musician, but it's not making a living out of being a songwriter, or it's not making mm. a living out of this and this and this. And I'm not doing the sort of shows that I want to do. And I'm not. Do you know what I mean? There's always, so, like I was saying earlier, it comes back to this thing of me kicking off a little bit and being yeah, like, I always yeah. want the next thing. I always want this. But at the end of the day, like. I'm 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 fine. You I was going to I mean? say, so it's not a materialistic pursuit. No, of, no. Oh, money's not buying me this Audi or so on. No, not at all. No, uh, and music's not providing that. But I'm just not quite where the stage is that I'm ready to be at. Yeah, yet and so yeah, on. yeah. I, that's, that's, I think that's, that's a healthy attitude if it's not crippling you. Yeah, because that's just going to keep pushing you forward and forward yeah. to get those gigs. It's just a it's a fine line between being determined and beating yourself up a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah, and throwing a tantrum. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> We've yeah. all been there again. Before. Again, I have We've to just—I have there. to just watch myself. I have to just make sure. Check that... yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, and, and just be like, you know, you're you're doing all right. You're doing it. All it all it will come one day. Mm. I think the thing for me that I'm struggling with the most lately, I, I find myself beating myself up for how old I am. Mm. Like, so I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm 25. I'm going to be oh 26 my God. next week. <laughs> and yeah, like on the surface of it, that's no age at all. Like, yeah, you know, I'm still like I say, I still feel like a kid. But you hear. You know, especially when you're when you're trying to pursue being being like an artist, mm. you know, someone who writes songs, performs songs, whatever. When you're like the face of it, mm. all you ever hear is like Justin Bieber was twelve when he had yeah, his, yeah, or, yeah. Or, this uh, narrative. The of... the most recent one, Olivia Rodrigo, who's a great great artist, amazing singer, amazing mm. songwriter. She's she's incredibly talented. But the thing that everyone's picking up on is she's she's seventeen. She's so young. Mm. And then before that, it was the same thing with Billie Eilish. Then it was Lord, and then it was like you know, even like One Direction. Like you mm. you have. These kids that are achieving these incredible things, mm. and you know they're really hyped up around how young they are. Mm. You know, and me being twenty five, like yeah, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not seventeen anymore. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That time for me is gone. So I'm like, shit. Uh-huh. Am I too old to be mm. doing this? You know, am I? Uh, you know, next year I'm going to be twenty six, then twenty seven, then twenty. Then I'm going to be in my thirties. Mm. Fucking hell, and that's ancient. Do you know You've what I mean? Flip it on its head, haven't you? You got to yeah. go. I'm going to be the oldest person in music. <laughs> just to keep going. But it's it's <laughs> a real it's, it's a real irrational chain of thought and i really have to just correct myself because i think the artists that i like they didn't write their best songs until they were Mm. you know like the police or billy joe armstrong from green day or gerard way you know they were all in their 30s i think when they did their sort of their best stuff do you know what i mean and even like 30 is like no age whatsoever it's going to be the most real and authentic because i don't think age necessarily means you understand everything no but I think some wisdom does come with age, yeah. and it's because of experiences. If you choose to learn from your experiences, you can have more experiences exactly. with age. Yeah. And when you write in, that's going to be a more matured self come through. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I don't think it's irrational at all how you're feeling, because I've felt that strongly. How old are you? I'm 27. 27, yeah. yeah. And I've definitely felt that. But, again, I've spun it on its head. Mm. I've gone, well, actually, what I'm fearful of is a media narrative. They've That's created it. That's that. That's it. Yeah. They've turned it into people. You need to be this age to succeed. Yeah. But actually, a great artist is a great artist. Exactly. A great song is a great song. And what we said earlier about we've not got such a shelf life that a sportsman does on mm. his shelf life. We can keep writing. Yeah. If our mind stays with us. Yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s. You can keep going until, so until you die. Really, I think we picked yeah. a really good avenue and a good field to play with. Mm. And I, I think 
that is important again another little tip for artists would be when you see things in such a way and it's maybe crippling you or turning you mardy <laughs> yeah. just do see another way of seeing it can yeah. you flip it on its head can you see it in a different light yeah who's a great artist david bowie lots of artists you just mentioned then mm. it was in their later periods of life where they wrote the most prolific most proud stuff not even in their, in their later periods of life mm. it, it was you know they just weren't a teenager yeah you, that's, you know. that's what i'm saying yeah 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 that's mm. that's what you mean I, it's just it is and it, it completely makes sense and it's fine you know but it is just you do feel a bit of pressure don't yeah, you? yeah. You, know, you know when when the narrative is very much about the younger the, mm. the younger people and and you know it should be you know i think it's incredible how someone when i was 17 mm. i was still very much finding my feet i was n- in no way a olivia rodrigo or a billy eilish or, mm. or someone who has famously gotten quite a lot of success at a young age you know mm. what i mean because I wasn't as good as them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all, it, that's all it is. And maybe, like, I wouldn't say I'm as good as either of them even now. I don't, it's not a competition. But, you mm. know, maybe it's just that I'm, I'm taking a while to get there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, maybe my, my, it, my path is just a bit slower than I, theirs. Well, or, it, you know, it, it depends, know, again, you? who you are as an artist, what you want out of your artistry, mm. and what you're achieving. Because, for me, those artists you mentioned in the younger artists, I'm, I'm so into lyrics. I mm. love lyricism. It's the streets that got me into it, really. Yeah. And that's from somebody, again, he was probably 27, 28 when he broke into it yeah. strongly. Like, his, his albums that stuck... Uh, Mike Skinner. Yeah. And it was because he'd experienced life. He'd been through breakups. Yeah. He'd had fallouts with friends. Yeah. He'd had incredible nights out. Yeah. And the lyric content that they're talking about is either clearly ghost written Mm. by somebody else or it's something very fatic and false for me. So I wouldn't compare myself to them and their success because I don't necessarily for me appreciate the art that's created through it yeah in truth and I, that, yeah. that's what i'm saying is- i think i think that's fair enough i i think like those uh, the younger artists that i mentioned mm. i think they're still lyric you know their lyrics are still incredible mm. I, I think they might maybe just need a little bit of help get getting it out in, in a way that someone maybe 10 years older might not i was gonna say I, mean? I don't think you can get there until you've had your life lived and yeah. experiences done I mean, i'm guessing through the artistry that there are they're having a lot of life experiences and it's mm. going to come quicker yeah but 16 17 18 when i listen to the podcast like i was talking about before with mm. uh, miley cyrus and so on yeah they're reporting the same things. They're saying, I was just a teenager. Yeah. I didn't know what I was saying. I yeah. didn't know what I was doing. And now my lyrics and my writing has come on so strongly because I've been through this life that I've lived. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think it's important. But that's what I'm saying is it's what you want to be as an artist. Yeah. It's who you are and how you define yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Mm. Completely. And it is a completely, I do feel like it's an irrational fear to have. Yeah. Even, let's, even though, let's, let's ping it out. Even though it's a fear that keeps popping up. It's just like, you, you know, as, as long as I've got my hair, that's all that matters. Yeah. As long as my hair has fallen out, then, then Lucky I'm good. bastard again. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad's, my dad's Stop got no hair. Stop making me feel shit. Oh, sorry, man. No. Sorry. It, it wasn't, it wasn't deliberate. <laughs> no, I just I'm, say, I'm, I'm Jason Statham. That's what my grand says. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, go, let's go with that. I just, I, I get worried because my dad's got no hair. My dad's bald. 
So okay, I, no, is that I, one, mate? You've got. I, I worry. What's, I worry what's the hairline saying? It's all right. It's like, stick it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I get. I get worried. My mate who's got like really long hair, mm. but he lifts it up and it starts back here. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so lucky that it falls down like a mop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, got the hair. So, so are goes. you ready to to go back in strong with music? Have you got like a direction, a one direction? <laughs> where you're going? Hey. <laughs> what are you doing with yourself? Um, I, I mean. I think the last year has really taught me that you can't make plans anymore. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? You can have an idea of what you want to do, but to, before that, I was making these intricate plans, being like, at this point I'm going to do this, and at this point this is going to happen, and it's all going to work like this. And then COVID came along and was just like, no, it's not. Mm. So now I'm just a bit like, I've, I've got ideas of what I want to do, but whether they're going to happen or not, I'm just going to, you know, so another pandemic could happen. Mm, mm. A, a fucking asteroid could hit the earth and we'd all be, you know, we might all have to live underground. Yeah. Extreme cases, but you yeah. know what I mean? You don't know what's going to happen. So for me, I, I have this job touring with Louis Tomlinson. I'm, I'm, mm. his, I'm his touring guitarist. <laughs> so that's very much in the diary for 2022. Incredible, man. Uh, which, which is going to be amazing. What a nice thing to start jotting in. Yeah. Right? Uh, so Louis Tomlinson on Tuesday, <laughs> Nan shopping on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 really, it's really good because the tour has been, it keeps being pushed back because mm. of COVID. Um, and we started the tour, we got two shows in and then the whole thing had to be pulled. Uh, which which was gutting for everyone involved, but it's definitely happening now. Yes, twenty twenty two. That worry that it wasn't going to happen. I, I think there was just an uncertainty. You know, I think everyone has has been uncertain. For mm. me, gigging, you know, the wider world of gigging. There was a while where I sort of thought, is a gig's ever going to happen again? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> this pandemic has has put everyone at home. Like. It, it, it wasn't conceivable for me to, to be in a venue again mm. but it has started happening again now you know it was only a while I was, I was in a pretty kind of bad place when I was <laughs> thinking about that really so yeah I, I do I do feel like it's, it's all going to be great and yeah so in terms of what I've got planned like that's very much in the diary like mm. you know that's which is great and then around that like I do want to keep working on my own music you know I want to keep writing I want to keep putting stuff out I've got a few things lined up I've just put out an EP um, but I've got a few more things lined up for this year to mm. put out. Um, and then hopefully next year, um, just hopefully keep doing that around the touring that I'm, that mm. I'm doing as a session guitarist. You Can know, I give you a catch-22 question? Go on. Right, so if it was a choice of, and then Louis' team said, sorry, mate, you can't do your own thing because we're so busy now, you've got to be doing just this, mm. or being your own artist, would you have a, a way of being? Would you go... I don't think that's going to happen, no. <laughs> to be honest. I don't, <laughs> they, they, Louis, Louis and, and his team and everyone involved, it, it, it's just the nicest group of people that's you amazing. can imagine. It's such a family dynamic do it doing that yeah um but was the dream always to be your own solo artist and writer that's always been a goal yeah yeah i mean it's, it's funny i love your stuff you brought out thank man. you man. Really, it's been incredible i've been listening in yeah that you, you're dean jackson's big fan at the minute aren't you <laughs> they, they, they played me a few times bbc uh, yeah they're eating nice. you up son <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice it's nice it's thank ace. you man um yeah i think that's that's always really been a goal you mm. know that's always been something that i've wanted to do and never until recently had really had the confidence to, to do it head on you know for me it's always it up until now it's always been oh i've got i've got to work i've got a you know i've got a tour i've got to do this i've got to play shows whatever mm. um so to answer your question like being a session guitarist was never really something that was on my radar mm. you know it just kind of happened mm. but it's great i love it as much as i, as I love really? making my own music it's just a completely different side of the coin that's you know? cool it's like being your own artist 
you have to essentially like run a small business really yes, don't you? Yeah, you, know, you yeah. have to not just write the songs and put the songs out but you have to sort of curate the artwork mm. and you have to figure out a, a, if you're an independent artist anyway you know if you've got a label <laughs> it's a bit different but you know if you're doing it on your own there's a lot to do and you learn so much through doing that and you get to really sort of dictate where you're going as mm. your own person but being a session guitarist obviously you you are working with slash for someone else yeah um so you're kind of um it's it's someone else's agenda so it's in a way it's a bit more chill you know mm. you don't really have to sort of think about stuff you you get mm. sent the songs you learn the songs you go on tour you have a great time <laughs> you, you hang out you learn so much and it's it's yeah it's incredible You're not really sneaking in microwaves into hotel rooms those, those days either. those days thankfully have gone wow thankfully there's catering now that, yeah. and the, and the it's gonna be in that and, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah man yeah i love doing both things i think they're both equally important to mm. me as, as a musician at this point i think there will come a time where one will will take precedence over the other but yeah. i don't know when that's going to be at this point you know at the minute i'm just enjoying what's happening for have you ever is. been approached by a label has anybody come to you to sign you or anything i've, I've had conversations yeah yeah it's a tricky road though like have, have you have you ever had a no a not a label no. i've had a lot of friends that have yeah and a lot of good conversations out of it and yeah uh, the consensus in some of my friends, not to name names, mm. but would be I wouldn't have gone down that road yeah. particularly. I uh, listened to a Bill yeah. Burr on it talking about that, mm. but he's just saying how good it is for him to be self-sufficient and do his own thing. Yeah, It's better to take... 100% profit mm. and sell 100 CDs yeah. then sell 1,000 CDs and take whatever percent. 10, 10% or whatever Yeah, because they own something of you. Yeah. And they, they start to can dictate what you do. Again, it's like it's like uni. There's like a no one-size-fits-all yeah, approach to doing it. Like, it's going to be different for everyone and every record deal is different. Um, at the minute, I it would have to, you know, I, I'm not sort of having direct conversations about it right now, mm. you know, if and when that time comes, it would just have to be the right thing, you mm. know. All I want to do is write the songs that I want to write. And, you know, the music I've been putting out so far seems to really be connecting with people. Awesome. Which, which is amazing, you know. That's all I want to get from it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it would just have to be what was right. I, I, li I like how you talk, man. Again, I can't speak with certainty on that because I've not lived in that life. I'm just going off of conversations I've had and yeah. find it very interesting. Because yeah. it's somewhat... A preconceived notion that I've got is, yeah, you wouldn't want to be too constricted or controlled by people. Yeah. But I don't know if I was working with a team and they understood who I was again and what we wanted to achieve and yeah. they could help me get into those doors. Yeah. What an awesome way. So yeah. how you speak so nuanced about everything is really refreshing to hear because what a problem is with a lot of people is talking in absolutes all the time and yeah. certainties and black and white and nothing is. It doesn't work like nothing that. Nothing works like that. I've, Politics, I've heard, nothing. Yeah, I've heard horror stories from people that have been signed to labels that, you know, have been shelved or dropped or yeah. it's just all gone to shit. And likewise, you know, I've seen people struggling as independent artists. Yeah. I've heard great stories from people who have signed to a great label yeah. with an amazing team who just take what they're doing and just amplify it and yeah. send them to the moon, basically. Do you know awesome. what I mean? Again, it all just comes down to luck. Yeah, Do you know what that, I mean? that's a big part it's of all, the game we play, luck. isn't it? It's not like this magic ticket of, oh, you've got a record deal, so you're going to be rich and famous now. Mm. It's like you've signed a contract with a with a sort of development house that's going to put some money into you help you write more songs help you market more songs mm. there's no way of knowing that that's going to work or not mm. it has to be the right label with the right people with the right strategy yeah and yeah. you don't know if that's going to be the right thing until it's there 
you just have to just trust your gut, really. Yeah, to be there's luck and unluckiness. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Falling into them traps. Yeah, I, f- I felt um, very much that as my <laughs> so I, I, having a little boxing match every day. <laughs> but that in my journey, I wanted to do it for a job, mm. and I did get lucky one time. I was at Annie's Burger Shack. Oh yeah, and great place. It, it's awesome. Yeah, and we were downstairs in there. Yeah, and I did this song about um my granddad who i found had got cancer mm. and it's our relationship the males of the family yeah all bonded over football very much yeah and i, I wrote this 10 piece uh 10 minute piece mm. of spoken word and it's sort of the kid gets his first pair of uh football shoes yeah and throughout that the metaphors of passing on through life mm. and so on i made it into a film and I performed it at the Annie's Burger Shack. Oh, sick. And in the uh, audience, there was about 12 people there. Yeah. But one of them was a, a uni lecturer mm. um, and an incredible guy. And he's taken me on so many. We've been all over the country. Oh, sick. Talking to newly qualified teachers, yeah. head teachers, been to conferences everywhere. Mm. And it was just one of them gigs where you turn up and you go... Oh, well, I may as well give it my all because mm. I'm here. Yeah. But, and there's 12 people, maybe one of them, and maybe one of them was one of them. Yeah. And it, it's been years. It's took me all over the country yeah. talking in education for that. And it's just because that poem really resonated with him. And, yeah, that's that's the thing. You, you never know who's going to be watching, do you? Yeah, so you've you, got to perform as if it is you've your got to last give your all. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, we, 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 we will have both done gigs to no one. Like, yeah. Every musician has done gigs yeah. to no one. And I've probably done gigs to, again, this thing this personality trait of mine i've probably done a gig and i've probably gotten up there and been like fucking hell there's no one here i can't be asked i'm three hours from home yeah in here mix of shit whatever i can't be asked with tonight and then maybe that was a big mistake because someone yes, in the audience yeah. could have you know i don't know could have opened a door somewhere. do you know like air Lou? i do yeah. yeah um i had sam on mm. and again his worst best gig was the one that got him onto Glastonbury yeah and that was into a tiny little pub with 12 people again yeah and one of them was a guy somebody that can put you on at Glastonbury booking agent yeah, yeah. booking agent and I was just like I love hearing those really organic stories it, it really does show you that you just have to treat every gig as if mm. it's a, an arena headline show whatever I think it'll thing. be different now do you know post Covid mm. because we've started using technology you can be at a gig with so many people in but it can also be live streamed and you don't know who's out there looking at it now as well yeah so with that in mind even when you turn up to a tiny little shack you're going oh yeah but how many people are tuned in somewhere else in mm. this let's yeah. really give it some guys it's gonna be interesting yeah isn't it? I seeing, think, seeing I, how live streaming do you think it's gonna gigs? change the music scene do you think yeah massively, massively drastically yeah i think i think both will be able to exist to mm. be honest i think live streaming for me the way i see it it's it's like a separate thing to a mm. gig. You know, a gig, you go for the atmosphere, you go to be there, you go to experience it. Whereas a live stream is more like watching a film. You know, I remember over lockdown where there'd be sort of live stream shows that you buy a ticket for. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I'd, I'd buy a ticket and sort of sit on the sofa and, you know, get some yeah, snacks or yeah. whatever. It'd just be like watching That's a film. That's sweet. So I think there's still going to be a market for that, for sure. And I think for me, like, a lot of my... The people that listen to my music, like, I don't really know if I have many people... Uh, in the UK who are into my music it's, it's, very, it's quite global it's like is South it? America yeah Brazil oh, Argentina wow, yeah which is really I can't get my head around it it's incredible God. so I'm, I'm thinking about doing 
gigs for my own stuff because I, I never have before. I've done open mics and obviously I've, I've toured as a session guitarist, I've toured in bands, but I've never really done a show of my own. Dude, and I'm, and well. I'm kind of thinking like... <laughs> I would love to get that sorted, but also I've got to think about the the sort of international angle as mm. well because I could do a show in Nottingham for sure, and, and I'm sure it would be great. But you know, it's it's a whole missed opportunity if I can't mm. get that show to the people that that really not that people in Nottingham don't care, but mm. the, you know the other people that care who are on yeah. the other side of the world. You know, I kind of I had this thought the other day of like of doing exactly that, doing a show in Nottingham and, and somehow live streaming it, mm. and I tweeted it because I'm like, if I write it down. I'm, I can hold myself accountable yeah, and actually yeah, make yeah, it happen yeah. because everyone's seen it now. They're like, yes, mani- please do this, please it. do this. Yeah, yeah. so I kind of have a responsibility <laughs> yeah, to try. I don't actually know if I can do it. I don't know how you'd live stream it. Well, I mean, we do, you where know. you're sitting now, we have performances on here. Oh, sick. And we have about maybe 30 or 40 come. It's, yeah. It's such a good, it's called uh, the Bus King session. Ah, nice. And you can be the Bus King. Yeah, can yeah, yeah. I, Could I book you on? Yeah, is this uh, as you said on you did on Twitter? Mm. This is us actualizing it now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. mate. Let's, let's do it after this podcast. <laughs> let's, uh, let's chat. Let's sort it out. I get I um, one artist to come on, and then I let them pick three others, or mm. no, two others, and then there's three all together. Yeah, and then we turn it into sort of like that so far session sound. Yeah, but we yeah. film it all. It looks really good. I've yeah. got a filmmaker I always use, Herbie Rowley. Oh, I know Herbie. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, such yeah. a good guy. Yeah. and then he his friend who I think he filmed like. Like Paddington Bear, really, <laughs> and he got into all, all the graphics of it. But mm. he's coming to film it, so Sick. we could get it live streamed. We could get that going. Yeah, yeah. And you're on a bus, so it's got the it. gimmick. Yeah, no, that's dude, it. I'm buzzing. Yeah, no, I'm well, I'm well up for that. <laughs> what awesome. an end! Yeah. Sick. <laughs> what a ride of a podcast. Yeah, it's, it's going to make people tune back in as well, dude. That'd it? be fantastic. Yeah, honestly, dude, I have got to play dad a bit today mm. and uh, <laughs> hobble around. It's yeah. been awful, but Chris is. Up to a, I was going to say knackers in it, <laughs> just because that's a term I know. And I thought she don't want to wear that. Yeah. Nobody wants to wear that. <laughs> I, I get what you mean. She's up I get to her boobs mean. in it. <laughs> She's doing some workshops and that, but yeah. Can you tell the audience where they can find all your stuff mm. and some of the things that have coming out or what you've got going sure. that you're allowed? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, so it's Isaac Anderson on everything. Um, I think Instagram's Isaac Anderson Music, as is Facebook. But no one uses Facebook. Let's, let's no. <laughs> Twitter is Isaac Anderson UK. I'm, I'm dwindling off a of Facebook. Facebook's just dying, man. I do, it's um, just, it doesn't show anything to anyone anymore. I, so, I, I you do know. Um, uh, scheduling. Mm. And I just feel I'm wasting my time now. I put all the video, the little mini pods do quite well on IGTV. Yeah. That's how you saw us. Yeah. But on a Facebook, I think they get like 12 views or something. Yeah. It's, I just... it's, I, you have to kind of have one just because you sort of have to really, don't you? Yeah. But anyway, Facebook aside, uh, Twitter, Isaac Anderson. In the UK, uh, my YouTube is just Isaac Anderson. I think awesome. You can find me on most things. Is if Twitter you, if popping just... now? I don't bother with Twitter. Yeah, really, for, but for me, for me, it's sort of my busiest, there. my busiest place. Really, well, yeah. you get bookings and stuff on it as well. Not really got any bookings as such, but just just for having conversations because awesome. it, it's a conversation platform, really, mm, isn't mm. it? You can just chat to people. Yeah, and I find that the best way to just sort of check in and keep in touch with people, and and you know that's where I see people sending me that they're you know listening to my songs mm. and, and stuff you know instagram's really good as well like the the two of them i'd say yeah. are, the, are the best to, i might to start looking on. over at twitter again yeah man twitter's great Getting myself across there but it's great it gets a bit weird sometimes but, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bit, yeah i've seen some witch hunts and stuff in there yeah people like ganging up at this sound like such an angry place i tuned out there quite quickly you gotta be careful with it i think it's a lot it's very wordy mm. and obviously instagram's pictures mainly yeah, yeah. so that's pretty much quite 
quite harmless i see yeah i think yeah like i say because it's a platform that you have conversations on yes yeah you you are at risk of someone taking something you say out of context mm. and cancelling you yeah, yeah that's my fear <laughs> i never want to get cancelled and i hope that i won't because i i'm not i try not you, to be a dickhead man. yeah you're not a dick but you never know you're someone fun. someone can take something out of context yeah yeah it, it all i try and I keep it at arm's length. Mm. I obviously I use it a lot because I have to, but you know, I I just try and be careful with it. Really, you seem quite liberal, and that seems to be a direction Twitter likes to to follow. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, it's all it's all good so far. Mm. Touch wood. Yeah, it's all fine. <laughs> Not going to open it now and say I've been cancelled. Uh, and the things but... the, the things coming out podcast. Mm. Are we going to get an Isaac Anderson special? Of this, doing it, doing your own podcast. Would you oh, bother? Oh Do you God, think you'd ever I, go down no, that line? I, I don't. Well, I don't know. I would like to. It's a good way to collaborate. Yeah, stuff. no. I, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. It's not really something I've had my eye on. Mm. Um, I just, I just want to keep writing. Really, yeah, just yeah. keep writing. Um, I've got the CP out at the minute, which is called Loving Conversation quick cheeky plug yeah that was a good uh, one anyone watching um, which <laughs> at is least you point the right way everyone yeah. points over there that, right. <laughs> look into the light <laughs> yeah that's that's out at the minute so i'm really um I'm, I'm doing everything i can to promote that at the minute awesome. um, got a few sort of bits to do with that coming out quite soon I've, I've got some kind of alternative versions in the uh in the in the pipeline for that um just to sort of give the songs as much airtime as I can. It's, it's difficult not being able to gig at the mm. minute. You know, I would have loved to sort of gig the songs, you know, have them come out, do some do some shows to promote them a little mm. bit. Um, and I suppose there are gigs on at the minute, but I'm just a little bit nervous about venturing in, mm. you know, with it all being socially distanced and stuff. Do, I'd, ra- do you, I'd rather wait until it's all... Do you live for gigging? Do you yeah. lo- thrive for it? Absolutely. 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 Mm. I feel a bit weird about it at the minute, though, because it's been so long. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, been, it's been so long, and I almost feel like... I've got a little bit of imposter syndrome or yeah. Stockholm syndrome or, or whatever. I think Stockholm syndrome, that's that thing where you're, you feel kind of connected to the, to the situation that's holding you hostage. Mm, so for me, it's, putting, it's yeah. almost like I don't want to gig anymore because I've gotten so comfortable with not gigging. It mm. feels like a, a, I have to relearn how to do yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm a little bit nervous to go back out. Um, but yeah, I can't wait, man. Yeah, I can't wait to get. You know, back to for it a again. fact, that first gig, that feeling, just it will, it will all floods, come back. Floods and and any feelings of reservation that I might have now will just be gone, and mm. it will just be right. Let's just crack on. Oh, we're doing this now. Yeah, let's just let's well, get on with it. We booked you already. It yeah. just, it's just happened. It was, <laughs> I saw the shake in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we're happening. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, brother. Nice one. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank I really do appreciate me. it. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, it's been wicked, man. It's Would been you really ever come back? Do you know when you're on it and we can have a little bit of a reevaluation? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. You've been cracking on. For sure, for sure. I've yeah, really enjoyed it. You are such a lovely guy. Thank you, man. Likewise. <laughs> it's been really nice being here. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of the Old Farm Bus, Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. What do we say to one another? Be nice to one another, you beautiful buggers. See you later. Thank you for being here, man. Nice one. Big love. Cool.